Hello, ladies. I have had a rough week, and that is the honest truth. But this rough week has caused so much thinking. I have been consumed with breaking apart and analyzing my life, my views, my beliefs, and I am thankful for this because. I don't want to live my life asleep. I want to live my life present, and I want to live my life awake. I want to know what I believe and why I believe it. And I would like to share some of my conclusions and some of my life views with you guys. I know that for some people, what I'm going to say is going to be offensive, and that's okay. I cannot please everyone. I am. Responsible for my thought process, and I am responsible for the way my ideology affects my interaction with the world and how I treat the people around me. I think one of the biggest questions I've been asking myself this week is, what is the motive behind my thought process? What is the layer behind what I believe? And I think that a lot of times we don't think about this because what I'm realizing is that our ideology and our theology is like a social construct, and it protects us, and it it's almost like an identification card. About two weeks ago, someone asked me if I was a Christian, and I was taken aback. I haven't been asked this for a long time, and it really made me start to think. And I realize that when people ask you what your religion is, they're not asking you what your religion is. They're asking you, "Do your ideas align with mine? Are you safe? Can I mark you safe? Are you safe for the tribe? Are you safe for the environment? Am I going to have problems with you if I want to take a stand on something because your beliefs might not align with mine?" I have never said that I belong to a certain political party for this reason as well. I don't like to belong to a certain ideology or a certain theology because I am responsible for my thoughts. I am responsible for my interaction with the world, and I cannot deny what I learned through my experience. And I cannot put my conscience and my interaction with other people on. What I've been taught, because experience is stronger than theology or ideology. I know that my view of life and understanding changes as my life goes on, and my eyes are open to a new perspective. I was raised by missionaries, and I was raised bicultural, which means that I have been exposed to two cultures completely, and have a familiarity with both. And one thing this has taught me is that culture affects religion. Culture affects beliefs, and to deny this is is to stick your head in the sand. I have been in a Hispanic Christian church, and I have been in an American Christian church. And though both people, both groups of people, say that they have the same theology, I can see how culture affects. The Hispanic Church and how culture affects the the American Church, the American Christian Church, and with this knowledge, 
I think um, I have been able to open up my mind a lot and understand that everything that we're being fed has some influence by the culture, the understanding, and the perspective of the person that is presenting it to us. As humans, we are incapable of touching anything without adulterating it with our own views. Even what I'm saying is being adulterated with my own views. My understanding of Christ is through my point of view. And that point of view could change. And it has changed. It's changed over and over and over throughout my life. So what I've been asking myself this weekend is, what is the pillar of my belief? And why am I willing to make choices in my life because of it? Is it because I want to belong to a tribe? Is it because I truly care? Is it because I want recognition? Is it because I want to be liked? Is it because I truly stand for something? What is it? I was raised in a fundamental Bible-believing New Testament Christian family. My father was diligent to teach us the New Testament and we were we had to memorize 30 verses a week when I was a teenager. I think I feel very uncomfortable when people ask me if I'm a Christian because I know the teachings of Christ. I know the Western world has a definition of Christianity, but I know that it doesn't align with what the Bible actually says and what Christ actually calls us to do. That is why I feel insincere to tell someone that I am a Christian. Because I am not willing to sell everything I have and give it to the poor. I am not always willing to turn the other cheek. I am not willing to only have the clothes that are on my back. There are lots of things that I am not willing to do that Jesus commands in the New Testament. Do I try to follow Jesus' teachings? Yes, I do. And I think that he is the most accurate description of what our creator is and his intention for us. I don't know how much of the Bible has been influenced by culture and worldview of those who translated it and how we got it. But I do know that over and over again in our information and what is being presented to us now in psychology, what Jesus says about loving your neighbor as yourself and what he says about taking the log out of your own eye is, is proven to be the most healthy thing psychologically we can do as humans. I remember in my young adult life, I struggled with hate. I hated someone so bad, I couldn't stop thinking about them. That was the first person I thought of when I woke up and the last person I thought of when I went to bed. It was consuming my life and I was at a pivotal moment in my life where I felt like a prisoner to this person and I wanted to be freed. I tried everything. And I remember praying and being reminded of the verse that says, pray for your enemies. And 
I always thought my whole life that we were to pray for our enemies because we are we should be good, because we should be righteous, because we should be the better person. And I decided to pray for that person and out of obedience and out of desperation. I wanted to do anything to be free of this mental agony that I had, this hatred that consumed me. And I began to pray for this person. And at first it was so hard that literally my prayer was so basic. And as I continued to pray for this person over and over again, my prayer became more and more in depth and my understanding of this person became wider and wider until I was full of compassion for this person. I began to understand the motivation behind what this person would do to me in my life. And it filled me with understanding and compassion for the person. And that's when I realized that I think I started understanding the, the Bible in a different way. And I started understanding everything that the Bible commands us to do in a different way. And what I started realizing is all this stuff isn't so we could be righteous. It's so that we can be healthy. Our creator knows how our psychology works. And in that time when the Bible was written in the New Testament time, the way to, in the vocabulary and the science that was available to the masses, that was the way to teach people how to be mentally healthy, to tell them to pray for their enemies. Because you cannot pray for someone without coming to understand them. If you were to actually read the New Testament and the account of Jesus Christ, you would see that he went against his community and the theology. I think that up until the New Testament, until Jesus came along, people pretty much had the same understanding of God that I did in my young adult life, in my young life. That everything that we were commanded to do was so that we could be good people, so we could be better people. And I think after Jesus came along, he showed that I don't care if you're a good person. I care if you're a whole person. I want you to be healthy. I want you to be what I created you to be. I want you to be accountable for your own actions. I want you to look inside yourself and I want you to take the log out of your own eye and not worry about the sliver in your neighbor's eye. I want you to pray for your enemies because that's healthy for you and you're going to be mentally healthy. I want you to take full accountability for your actions because that is going to make you healthy and that is going to make you reach the full measure of your creation. I care about you. I care about your interaction with the world. And when you stop consuming things that you don't need to consume, the world's not going to be destroyed by overconsumption. When you treat your neighbor as yourself and you're honest with yourself about how you're treating your neighbor, the world is going to have peace. The world is going to become a better place when everybody goes inside themselves and is responsible for themselves and their contribution to the world. When we stop depending on everybody else to be our conscience, to tell us how we should believe and how we should act, even if we feel that knowing inside of us that this is wrong, this is wrong and I don't want to participate in it, but this is socially right, so I'm going to participate in it because I don't want to be an outcast. I love how Jesus says to take 
the log out of your own eye and not worry about the splinter in your neighbor's eye. And when you start to look inside of yourself, you start to see how big that log is. And you're not even, you're so consumed by removing that log from your eye that you forget that your neighbor even has a sliver in their eye. You you know you can't even judge your neighbor. I love judge not lest you be judged for in the manner you judge, so shall you be judged. And I think a lot of people think, oh, this is going to happen in eternity or this is going to happen some other time. Over and over in my life, I have had to see the perspective of the people I've judged. It has come up in my life that I have been put in the same situation that I judge somebody else for. And when it happens, I say, thank you. Thank you. And you know why? Because it's a demonstration that God loves my neighbor just as much as he loves me. And even if I felt justified in my judgment for this person, I didn't approve of this person. It's a testimony that God loves the people I don't approve of. And he wants me to see their point of view because he loves them. And the fact that God loves them shows me that God loves me. And I'm so profoundly grateful for the love of my creator. And it makes me want to respect his creation and and treat his creation with the fear of God. Because I know as a creator myself that if anybody disrespects, destroys, tears down the things that I create, I know I'm going to be enraged. I'm going to be angry. And I think that we have this mentality like, oh, since I'm angry, I can treat this person the way I feel like it. Since society doesn't like this person, I can treat the person because they're an outcast and they don't belong in this society. I can treat them like this. But I would suggest that no matter who you interact with, you interact with them with great fear and respect of their creator. I love the verse in Matthew that says he makes his son rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. I love this verse and I feel like it doesn't mean we can't set standards and we can't stand for something and we can't abide by certain um, social constructs that we feel are healthy to society. But in our interaction with the people who go against these things, we must be very careful how we treat them and know the motive behind with behind the treatment that we give. And I think a lot of times, like when you break things down, people who go against your social construct are a threat to you because we are tribal and we have that psychology and we want to protect our tribe and we we want to reject anything that endangers our ideology because that is our safe, our safe, um, construct. It it says these are the rules we abide by in this society and this is what keeps us safe and whatever that is, that's what that says. So when we treat people who go against that, when we are treating those people, we need to know what is behind that treatment. Is it is it is the treatment because we're afraid or is the treatment because we're concerned and we're fearful for these people? And if we are that should that should come through in our treatment of this person and we should um 
be honest with ourselves about it. And I think a lot of times people don't even break that down. You just have a feeling. You don't know why you have the feeling. You act on the feeling. But you're responsible for you. You are responsible for your interaction with other human beings. And I think that if everybody went inside of themselves and was very honest with themselves about how they interact with people and why they do the things they do and why they treat people the way they treat them. And if we taught our kids this, the world would be a much more peaceful place. I know that there's so much hate towards people who threaten our social construct. And I'm not saying to not have one because I know that they are important and they're they're in place to protect the tribe and keep the tribe healthy. And I think that's important as humans. But I love Jesus's teachings where it breaks it down to that every person in the tribe is responsible for themselves and their actions and how they interact with everyone else. And I think it's so, so important that we know the motive behind the treatment of the people around us and that we're very, very careful. And Say you look inside and you say, this person's practice, this person's worldview, this person's um, ideas threaten my safety and they make me feel fear. And I, I would suggest that you really break that down and think about that fear and see if that fear is real. And if that fear is real, to understand the fear and come back with a different motivation behind your treatment of that person, you can fear for your safety without destroying somebody else. You can set firm boundaries without um, breaking down another person. It's possible. And I know a lot of people think it's this or that, but it's not. You can set a firm boundary and say, hey, I don't agree with what you believe. I don't agree with what you stand for. But I, I agree that you are a valid human being and you deserve basic human rights. And you deserve respect. And this is my boundary. And if you cross my boundary, you're not allowed in my space. But I don't want to break you down as a person. I cannot see your worldview as you do. But I allow you to have a worldview just like I have a worldview. But everybody should have the right to protect their space. I know that I am not infinitely wise. And I don't know everything. And I have so much more to learn. But I do know that whenever I go inside myself, most of the time when I want to be mean to somebody, when I want to tear someone down, it's all based on fear, fear of my identity being compromised, fear of um, of my ideology being compromised, fear of my bubble being burst. Most of the time when I want to lash out at someone and be mean to someone, it, it has to do with something that's wrong inside of me. And I, I love the fact that the more I go inside myself, the more I understand how imperfect I am, the more I understand how much I don't know and how much I don't understand. I actually have enjoyed this weekend, no matter how agonizing it has been for me, I have enjoyed really having to break apart every little part of myself and every part of my motivation and every part of my thought process and my ideology, it has been like cleaning out a closet and finding treasures that you didn't know that you had forgotten were even in there or you never even knew they were in there. I would say that if I've learned anything over this weekend by cleaning out my closet is that I want to follow the teachings of Christ.
and how much I admire him for going against the social construct that he was in, going against the beliefs of his society. He was a rebel against the theology of his time. And it came at a very, very high price. And I realized that his example was of conscience, that we first answer to our conscience. We don't answer to the people around us. No one is responsible for us and how we interact with others except us. And we will answer for that. And I'm so thankful that I was raised with these teachings. And after going through myself, I realized the pillar of my belief. And the pillar of my belief is that every human is God's creation. And how I deal with them is important and says a lot about my actual beliefs in my creator. And actions speak louder than words. And I must be so careful that my actions go along with my beliefs. And if I believe that humans are God's creation, that I must be so careful in how I treat other humans. And I think that this is such a great practice because it constantly reminds you of how inadequate you are because we're, we're constantly have these motives that are motivated by ego and they constantly remind you how big the log is in your eye, which fills you with compassion. And we start to respect other people's growth, other people's process because we, we never get over it. We think we're good. We think we're healthy. And then someone brings out this ugliness inside of us. And every time I see the ugly in myself, I'm encouraged and I'm, I'm full of gratitude for my humanity and gratitude that I only need to focus on me. I don't need to focus on anybody else. I don't need to focus on anybody else's journey. I need to be responsible for mine and that everybody else's is none of my business. And how I treat the people around me is, is a declaration of my beliefs. May our actions speak louder than words and our beliefs be conveyed in the way we interact with the world around us. Thank you for listening. I wish you guys the happiest holiday season full of love, family, and growth. Until next time.